Good morning. What a song. <clears throat> he has forgiven me. Amen. 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 Let's take a moment and pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, we come to you today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who has died for our sins, the one who was was risen from the grave and sits now victorious. And we have been redeemed. And we have been forgiven. And the thought in our sins are as far as the east is from the west. And we have a hope. We have a hope for eternity. We have a hope that we carry with us each and every day. And that hope is that one day we will see you. Not shall, not hope, but we will see you face to face. And we will have the precious opportunity to fall on our face before you and worship you forever and ever and ever. Lord, we just pray now for this morning. We pray that as we open your word, that it would be a blessing. That you would speak to us. That you would challenge us. That you would encourage us. If necessary, correct us. Uplift us. Challenge us for your honor and your glory. And we pray if there's anyone here today that does not yet know you as their personal Savior and Lord, well, then they just don't know how much you loved you, loved them, for you want to redeem them. You've paid the price. All they have to do is take the check and cash it. We pray for this this morning. We pray all these things now, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. We're going to start with a story. If it parallels anyone here this morning, it's it's not possible. Trust me, it's not possible. And you'll understand as we share the story. It's a story about Harry, a man named Harry. And Harry loved to fish, believe it or not, more than Ron Cooper my son, Jeff, Don Levi, Turhan, Sam, and the rest of you, fishermen. Yes, Harry loved to fish. And this day was really no different than any other day. He was in his boat, and he was fishing in a very big lake. But this day would be different for Harry. For after a while, he had caught several fish, and he was enjoying life. And then all of a sudden, two things happened. One, his boat sprang a leak. And his engine, that had been so faithful over the years, would not start. And he had no oars. And the boat started to sink. And he looked around to wave at another boat, to ask for help, to yell for help, to wave for help, but there were none. And eventually, 
the boat sank. And Harry didn't have a life preserver. He just didn't think he needed one. And after several hours, which seemed like eternity, when he was all but finished, there on the horizon came a boat. From where he does not know, but it wasn't just a boat, it was a rescue vessel speeding to his deliverance. And Harry was overjoyed. Harry was relieved. Harry knew that this wouldn't be the end of his days. Until that boat got there, and they yelled to Harry to hold on. We're going to throw you a life ring, and then we'll pull you in. Harry was overjoyed until he saw the life ring. For the life ring was the color of orange, fluorescent, by design, so it could even be seen at night. But Harry said, no, wait. Much to the amazement of the rescuer and the other men on the boat, he said, please, I beg of you, get another life ring. I hate the color of orange. Well, the rescuers looked at each other in amazement and perplexed and they said, this is the only one we have. Well, then I'd rather not accept it because I hate the color orange. And with that, Harry breathed his last and slipped down into the depths of the lake and drowned that day. Now, I want you to hold on to that story. I don't want you to forget that story during this message. Because the title of today's message is simply Choices. Harry had a choice, didn't he? Harry's decision didn't make much sense, did it? But let's look at another man that comes from the Bible. But every time I read this, it just warms my heart as I'm sure it does you. And it's found in Joshua chapter 24. Verse 15, 14, and 15, we will read. The book of Joshua, chapter 24, 14, and 15. Joshua, as we know, after the death of Moses, led the people to victory, led them into the promised land. At the end of his life, he is giving this portion of scripture. He's led a wonderful life. He is certainly one of the heroes of faith in the Bible. He had such trust and faith in his God. Joshua chapter 24 verses 14 and 15. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourself today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river 
or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his scripture. From now on, we will be looking at a great portion or several scriptures. Please don't bother to turn there. We will be moving rather fast. But the first question we want to ask this morning is one on a spiritual level. Not our physical, not our everyday lives. We want to ask the question, why must we make a choice in our spiritual life? In all simplicity, because the living God requires this of us. Whether we like it or not, God requires us to make a choice in our lifetime in relationship to our spiritual life. It is a command in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. It says, Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not ten years from now, not on your deathbed, because you can't guarantee that you will die on a deathbed. Many people die in tragic accidents. People die in the middle of their sleep. We just don't always have that choice. Today is the day of salvation. He says it. And because there is no other. Acts 4.12 And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Only Jesus Christ, period. And we must choose him, for the alternative is simply horrible for our spiritual welfare. Every person is born with a soul and a spirit. Every person is going to momentarily die physically, but not spiritually. Like it or not, the tough guys say, I don't care. I'm going to live the way I want to live and spit in the eye of God and head for hell. Big talk. Trust me. The moment they cross over spiritually to hell, there's no tough guy. There's no nothing. And yes, I've been accused of talking about hell too much. Well, I'm telling you, as long as I have living breath in my body, I will continue to talk about hell and warn people about hell because it's serious and the result is terminal and the result lasts forever. One more time, turn with me to the book of Revelation Chapter 20, we will start in verse 11. This is the last time I'll ask you to turn in your Bible this morning. It is an extremely sobering portion of Scripture. Like it or not, it's reality. It's going to happen. And nothing but nothing makes sense. 
remember Harry. This doesn't make any more sense. The book of Revelation, chapter 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it. That would be Jesus Christ. From whose presence earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, the poor, I'll say, in, in, in sharing about this, the great and the small, kings and paupers and everything in between. That's who he saw, the great and the small. Standing before the throne, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. I trust everyone who's here this morning has their name in the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the ten, written in the books, according to their deeds. Make no mistake. Please stand up this morning if you don't think you're a sinner. You know, for a long time I didn't believe in God. And I professed that powerfully to poor Christians who would come my way. But you know, the one thing I never denied in that whole period of my life was that I wasn't a sinner. Believe me, I knew I was a sinner. I had no doubt about that. Everybody is a sinner. And because of that, as sinners, our sins qualify us for hell. That's it. You're born, I'm sorry. When my kids were born, they were angelic. They were. Beautiful, as were yours. They're still sinners. From conception, we're sinners. But sinners don't get you in hell. Rejection of Jesus Christ and His free gift puts you in hell. Make no mistake at all. Tough guy or else. Disbeliever or else. That and that only will leave you in hell. According to their deeds. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. I love it when I heard somebody say, just cremate me, take me up to a mountain and shake me loose. And let God try and find me. Trust me. That day he will find them. He will find everyone. Newsflash. He's God. He's the creator. He made them. (sighs) Idiots. Really. Every one of them. According to their deeds and death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Choice. We have choices in life. I promise I won't talk about hell the rest of the message. I'll try not to talk about hell the rest of the message. Next question. 
in these choices, who must we choose? Simply, we must choose Christ. Because the scriptures tell us. He gives us. He gives us the life ring for free. We don't do anything. Trust me, we deserve spiritually to drown like Harry. But there comes his love, his grace, and his mercy. For by grace are you saved through faith. And then not of yourself. Forget your works. Forget your tithing. Forget your attendance. Forget your good deeds. Forget help on the right cross. Forget everything. It is a free gift. Lest any man should boast. It is given to us free. Think about that. No more pain. No more tears. Joy. Unspeakable. Happiness. 24-7. Forever. The other side. So I forgot to say I wasn't going to talk about it. Torment. Agony. Happiness. Choice. We make choices here. This is the big one. This is the largest one we will make in our life. Joy? Torment? Harry? Drowned? Bad choice? God commands us to accept Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. It's necessary. There's no getting around it. I'm sorry if you were in your dreams and you saw Jesus flash and you think you're saved. Trust me, you may love the Lord. Bottom line, God says it, you're not saved. If there wasn't a time in your life I'm not asking for the time. I'm not even asking for the day. I'm not even asking for the year. But there must be a recollection of each and every one of us bending the knee and praying to receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and accepting his free gift of salvation through the shedding of his blood. That's redemption. Our parents did it. It won't help us. Okay. I don't care if you're an elder in this church or any other church. If you haven't been redeemed, you're not getting a ticket on the old gospel ship to heaven. Amen. Romans puts it clear that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with a heart, the person believes resulting in righteousness And with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. Well, that's your opinion, you say. Well, that isn't my opinion. It's God's opinion. And guess what? He's right. You're wrong. I don't care if you don't like the color orange. The alternative is death. Does it make any sense? Choices we make. Remember, Harry made a wrong choice. We should not make a wrong choice of that magnitude. 
newsflash of Harry wasn't a Christian and I'm leaning towards he wasn't because I can do that because I wrote the story. It's not true. So relax. It's for illustration. Okay. But I think it's working. So I'm leaning towards Harry wasn't a Christian. And so when he went down, he immediately breathed his last poof. He's in the wrong place. Bad choice, Harry. By the way, he was fishing on Sunday. It's all about choices, isn't it? In the parable of the sower, our Lord talks about four seeds. And he's talking about four different kinds of people. Well, only one of the seeds was genuine. Only one of the seeds took and grew. Here's why. Portion of that says in Mark 4.20, They hear the word and accept it. They believe those who believe and accept not enough to believe, not enough to listen. You have to accept it. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've been going to church for 50 years. Congratulations. You're not getting on the ship. You have to personally accept Jesus Christ. Period. And then it's done. And guess what? As we're going to see a little later, trust me, it's beyond your wildest dreams, the package, so to speak, that he gives. We hear about all these corporations where things aren't good, and just before it crashes, they have these golden parachutes they get of money. They hit the road, take their money, God has a better parachute. Because when you jump out of the plane, you pull God's ripcord, the chute opens. Next question. Why should we choose for the Lord's option? We should choose Because God asks. Because it's the right choice. You know, it's said in uh, Isaiah 7.15, and it's describing Jesus Christ when he was a child. It says he knew enough. He knew enough to refuse evil. And choose good. Jesus Christ is a little boy. Never stop being God, by the way. He knew enough to refuse evil and choose good. We should always choose in such a way that testifies for Christ. Colossians 1.4 Since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and the love which you have for all the saints... What a testimony. What an encouragement. Nothing encourages people more than to see somebody who loves the Lord and is living for the Lord. The Colossians were simply infectious through their life with Jesus Christ because they chose to not just accept him, 
they chose to let him have his way with their life. It also says about them in their Christian walk, Paul says, just as you receive Christ Jesus, so walk in him. The same way you received Jesus Christ as your Savior, walk that way. Question this morning. Do we choose to walk that way? Are we walking that way? Are we walking the way we did in appreciation to him for rescuing us, in devotion to him for holding on to us, in hope in him for what lies ahead for our future? Is this what causes us to walk in such a manner that blesses him as he looks at us? Next question to ask. As believers, what are some of the choices we make in our life? Remember, our life is all about choices, isn't it? We choose all sorts of things every day. We make a lot of different choices. I choose to get up in the morning. I don't like it. But the reality of everything and he wants me to get up, gets me up. It's a tough choice. It's a difficult choice. It's tough. I don't understand you people out there that wake up ten minutes before your alarm. And you just get up and you just get ready and walk out. I, I can't relate to that. But I have to make that choice. We have to make that choice. Or we get fired. Or if you run your own business, you'll go out of business. Same thing. But here's the good news. Here's the really, really good news for Christians. Who has God given us for our spiritual journey through life? John 14:26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance of all that I said to you. We're not in it alone, folks. Every moment of every day, awake or asleep, the Spirit of God dwells in us. How awesome is that? That should put a spring in our step. What has God supplied for our spiritual journey? The fruits of the Spirit. The moment we're saved. We're not talking character now. Lord knows it takes our lifetime for God to transform our character so that we will eventually become more like him. Hopefully we will start out good in that area. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about when the, when the Holy Spirit indwells us, the moment we're saved, there are some wonderful fruits of the Spirit that we have that are given to us by God. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How awesome is that? He helps us. He's in us that we make the right choices. When times are tough, and all of us have tough times at one time or another in our life. 
Do we choose to cling to God? And there is no better person in the Bible to look at when bad things happen because he had it all happen to him. And that was Job. And what does Job say when his family is gone, his land is gone, his livestock is gone, his servants are gone, and his wife, the great encourager, says, curse God and die. What does he say? Shall we indeed accept good things from God and not adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. He made a choice, didn't he? How do we respond in difficult situations in our life? I have to admit, I have not always been like Job. I can say this, I've never asked God why in situations. But in my young walk, my response was certainly not always a good one. I hope I have learned something along this journey with God. Sin did not pass Job's lips. Please stand up this morning. So far, no volunteers. Please stand up this morning if you think your difficulties are tougher than Job's and that you can justify, not to me, but to God, that you can get up because you have the right to object what has passed your way. Orange ring. Remember the orange ring. Here's a toughie. Are we grateful? Are we thankful? Do we choose to be thankful in our life? With situations and circumstances. The key is always to to look at every situation in our life, every circumstance in our life, reflect it with the word of God. And life will be bearable. It'll be more than bearable. We will have a couple of those fruits that are in us. The difficulty is still difficult. The situation is still tough. But in the midst of it, we can have joy We can have peace and we can endure because he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption of forgiveness of sins. We must always look to Christ in everything in our life. We must keep our eyes fixed firmly on the author and perfecter of our faith to do less is disaster. Remember Peter. Peter saw the Lord walking on the water. He was inspired. He was. He had faith. He said, Lord, command me to come to you. He stepped out of the boat and by golly, he walked on water. Until what happened? A few drops on the cheek. A little wind blowing in the hair. 
a slap or two by the, the nearest wave. And his eyes did what in the difficulty? They left his Savior and looked around at his circumstances and his situations. Man, like quick, like without God, who's going to walk on water, right? And he was no lightweight. He was no child. He went down quick. But praise be to God, he regained his sanity. Lord, help me. Boom. And we know the rest of the story was rescued. Do we keep our eyes on Christ in this life? Because this life is going to dish out things, folks, that aren't good. This life can dish out things that are not fair. But with Christ, all things are possible. I don't know about you, but that song inspired me this morning. That was a great encourager. I'm forgiven. The chains are off. And I have a ticket on that ship that's going to go to heaven. Man, that carries you through a lot. How about this one? In the choices of life. When the opportunity presents itself for us to show our integrity, how do we choose? How do we choose? Proverbs says, The integrity of the upright will guide them, but the falseness of the treacherous will destroy them. That means everything, folks. That means everything. In our taxes, if you're at the store, I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, have done this. You get back too much money. What do you do? It's right there. And here's the craziness of it. Unless you're buying a Mercedes Benz and he gives you back like... Several thousand dollars, you know, what are we talking about? A $20 bill? A $10 bill? What's it going to do for you in the long run of schemes? It's nuts. It makes no sense. But what happens sometimes? People want to hold on to it. And I don't care if it's several thousand dollars from an exchange on the Mercedes Benz or if it's a penny. It's not ours. It's called integrity in everything. In how we write our hours down if we work for somebody. That we put the right down. We put the correct down in every single thing. We do have choices. As Christians, we are obligated to stand above the rest and do what is right. Now we're getting into the meddling stage of the message. When wronged, when wronged by another, do we choose to forgive and forget? Paul really brings the reality to forgiveness 
in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 30 and through 32, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Can we grieve the Holy Spirit? Yes. Do we grieve the Holy Spirit? Unfortunately, we do. We grieve him with a thought. We grieve him with a word. We grieve him with things. There is a reason why it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We do disappoint. We do sin against our God. We don't purposely, but it happens, doesn't it? But we clean the slate and ask his forgiveness. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away with you. If that doesn't cover it, along with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other. Now, up to this point, you can sort of ponder or discuss or maybe even debate the verse of Scripture. But here's the last part that just seals it and makes it no option but to forgive. Just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Who among us stands higher than the eternal, perfect, holy God who forgave us when we didn't deserve forgiveness? Amen? We have to forgive. We have to forget. We have to do like God and put it as far as the east is from the west. We don't tolerate disobedience. We don't tolerate sin. We don't tolerate actions that are taken that are wrong. But we do forgive the individual as God does. Make that clear. It's like the person who once said, Oh, I'll forgive, but I'm not going to forget. That person has no, comp- no comprehension of the word forgiveness. It goes together, forgiveness and forgetting. Here's the marvelous thing about our God. If you asked forgiveness last week, and you could actually have a conversation with Jesus Christ, and last week you said, oh, Lord, forgive me for the way I spoke to my child. It was wrong. I was harsh. I was yelling. Forgive me. You go back the next week, and you decide that that was so bad, you're going to talk to him about it again, and you say, Lord, please forgive me a little last week. He goes, no. No. I have no recollection of that. God has no recollection. Once asked, once forgiven, can we do any less? We should choose to lead obedient lives. The Lord said to the disciples in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things I say? Lord, what is that? That's the boss. Oh, I love you, Lord. I'm not doing it. Oh, I stand for Jesus. I'm not doing it. That's what he's saying. Why bother? Why bother to acknowledge who I am if you're not going to conduct yourself, if you're not going to walk in a manner that you should? Every day, 24-7, all of us. So 
we should choose we should choose to be true servants of God. Amen. Galatians 5:13 For you were called to freedom, brethren. Not only do, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Serve one another. Man, there's a tough area. Servant. Oh, boy. Tough. That really reveals obedience. I just don't feel like being a servant. It's not my gift. What is that? It's not a gift given everyone. We're to be servants of Christ. We're to serve each other and we're to serve others in our testimony, in our conduct. If we have jobs, we should be beyond reproach in our jobs. We should be model people in our jobs. They should have nothing bad to say about us. That should be our conduct. We should be servants of the Most High God. And do we choose to lead holy lives, folks? Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Holy lives. Sin should not be an option for the child of God. Period. Period. Holy lives for him. Now, here's a portion of scripture that an awful lot of carnal Christians just don't like. They really don't like this portion of scripture. It's scripture. Like it or not, it's scripture. Paul wrote it. God inspired it. That settles it. Like it or not, here it comes, folks. Second Corinthians chapter 6, 14 through 17. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? It's scripture. Don't argue with me. There it is. Okay? But wait, there's more. Or what harmony has Christ with Satan? That's nailing it, huh? But wait, there's more. Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Amen? Just as God has said, I will dwell in the land and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate. You don't like the word separation? Sorry, it's in the Bible. It's a command. There's nothing we can do about it. Show me how you can just bypass it. Show me how you can accept this, not to obey. 
Fine, show me. Find me a scripture that counters it. You won't. And be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. He's behind us. He's the power pack. He's the jettison boy. He's the one who's going to empower us to do it. You see, we can't do a lot of things on our own. We're sorely disappointing in that way. We're sheep. You know, isn't it amazing? Just diverse for a second. That God didn't liken us, the children of God, to eagles? Man, there's a majestic animal. Or how about a roaring lion? Who doesn't back up on that one? Sheep. We had a message not too long ago on sheep. They're not highly regarded. Forgive me if you love sheep. That's okay. But overall, in the animal kingdom, they're breakfast. They devour nothing but grass. God is the shepherd. He likens us to sheep. Why? Because on our own, we'll do nothing but everything wrong. Amen? But with him, the sheep reign. Is that not an awesome thought? There's power in being a sheep when the Lord Jesus Christ is our shepherd. And I will welcome you. And I will be a father to you. And you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. That was what that song this morning was all about. So in ending our little talk this morning, it's decision time. It's decision time. Remember Harry? You say, not too smart. No, he wasn't. Stupid? Downright stupid. Stupid to suicidal. You see, I don't really care what you said this morning. I don't really like what you said this morning. I don't believe it. I don't agree with it. It really doesn't matter. I don't care that you don't care what I'm saying and care about it. But in comparison to Jesus Christ, the eternal God, the creator of the heaven and the earth, and everything, you, me, are nothing. And it really doesn't matter what we think. It's all about Him and what He says. And what He says is, accept me or reject me. Well, I just won't make a decision. I don't agree with that. I'm just not going to make a decision. Guess what? Orange ring. You're going to sink. You're going to go to the wrong place. We need to, do, to, to choose for Jesus Christ. Not only for salvation. We need to choose for him every day. We need to be, to use the old word, on the Lord's A-team. You know why? Because on the Lord's A-team, newsflash, there is no B-team. There isn't. In other things, there's an A, B, C. There can be all kinds of them for obvious reasons. But there isn't. There's just one team. We're either on it or we're not. But he wants us on it. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are the apple of his eye. He delights every time we fold our hands and talk to him. He loves nothing better when we're his children to be thinking about him and to be representing him in this world. In conclusion, remember Joshua, remember Harry. Joshua chose wisely. And he inspires all of us. With your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I want to share a quote by Billy Graham. Just want you to think for a moment about Harry. And I want you to think for a moment about Joshua. I want you to think about all the things you have chosen in your life and how they have influenced you. Here's a quote by Billy Graham about the rich young ruler who came to Jesus asking about eternal life. The rich young ruler, in his famous interview with Christ, Ask the right question. He asked the right person. He received the right answer. But he made the wrong choice. What will we do this morning? What will you do this morning? Will you choose for Christ if you don't yet know him? Will you choose to walk with him if your life hasn't been what it should be? If you have made some choices that are absolutely outside the will of God, do you decide today to choose to change and to obey him? This is the question for each and every one of us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. And we just ask that you would bless this time. Be with each and every one of us. We pray if there's anyone here this morning that does not yet know you, that today they would choose to accept you as their Lord and Savior. And their life will never be the same. They will experience a life that is so different. And we pray if there's anyone here this morning that knows you as their personal Savior and Lord, but hasn't been doing what they should, we would pray they would simply repent this morning, that they would turn to you, they would come back to you as the prodigal did his father in the scriptures, and you will bless them, you will forgive them, you will take care of them, and you will set them straight. And for those who have been faithful and continue to walk with you, be with them, Encourage them, strengthen them, all for your honor and your glory. And we pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.